human society wants us to believe everything is stratified, everything is layers, and that there's always something better and something worse than where we are, when really it is all on an equal playing field. It's all just different, right? It's just that, like, I think as humans, we've been trained to think that sight and hearing are our most important senses. And so, so much of it, I know, at least for me, my intuitive journey has been going so much deeper into my body, into my soul, into my knowing, as opposed to just relying on the things that I've kind of been taught to think I'm supposed to rely on. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. This is Spiritually Ever After, the place where Disney meets wellness and spirituality. I'm your host, Kitty Packman, spiritual mentor, licensed therapist, and major Disney person. This is the place where the magic of spirituality, self-awareness, and personal development meets the magic of Disney. You are safe to be your full magical self here. Now let's dive in. All right, so welcome back, my Disney people. I am super, super pumped for a very, very special episode. Our first guest on Spiritually Ever After, my beautiful friend, Christina King. She is a relationship coach, a writer, a deep soul, a Disney lover, a Beauty and the Beast lover, and I am just so honored to have her on here to be talking about Disney relationships. So welcome, Christina. Hi, Kitty. So happy to be here. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so funny. I know you were one of the first people that when you heard about the podcast to say, like, I need to be on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I guess I want to start with how are you feeling coming into this episode and kind of coming in to talk about this topic? I'm very excited to be here because how can you not feel so much joy when you're talking about Disney? (laughs) Oh my goodness, seriously. I know. And again, I know you were one of the first to, to say you wanted to be a guest, but when we kind of came together to figure out what we would be talking about. I was just super lit up by this topic. And I know you are as well, you know, for me as a licensed marriage and family therapist, and then for you as a relationship coach, I know that's something we had connected on from the start was really helping people build those beautiful, strong connections. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, we're recording it a little bit earlier. It's going to be coming out on November 29th. And I know I had shared with you, Christina, that there was a kind of a special reason that I wanted to mm-hmm. have this conversation come out on that day. So November 29th in 2018, I was in the Disney parks with my ex who I was with for five years. That was his birthday. And so we were there and we were there for the holidays and kind of there for, to me, the holidays at Disney are like one of the most magical times. Have you ever been there for the holidays? I haven't maybe one day (laughs) yep I know and I know you said you've only been once or twice right when you were younger just once yeah yeah (laughs) so you definitely do you definitely do um but they just they decorate the park so incredibly I mean I was just there for um around this time as well and they do great job for Halloween but the holiday season is just like on unlike anything else and so we were in this kind of like the most magical place on earth the most magical time on earth for his birthday And I just remember that the song Thank You Next, the music video came out while we were there. And I remember watching it and all of a sudden getting this intuitive hit that we were not going to be together forever. (laughs) It was like, again, we were together for five years. At that point, it was a little, little less than five. It was probably about four and a half at that point. And I totally thought that I was marrying this person. And so now all of a sudden, again, I'm in the happiest place on earth. Like, and I'm, I'm having these, like this crazy intuitive, like, this is not, this is not your person, but didn't know how to kind of like, how to even process it. And at that point, it wasn't like we were having a, you know, a bad day or really a relationship had kind of its ups and downs, but at that point things were pretty good. And so I was sort of like, where is this coming from? And totally squashed it down (laughs) and did not want to see it, did not want to talk about it, did not want to feel it. And then six months after that is when we, he, he said he wanted to take a break and then we kind of everything unfolded from there. So to have this opportunity to have this conversation about relationships and 
to talk about Disney relationships, but also to talk about healthy relationships and how to show up for yourself in what you're calling in in relationships and just all of the goodness that I know is going to come from this conversation. It felt like, how can we not do that on November 29th? <laughs> so that is why I've brought us here today. And I'm curious to hear if anything in that kind of resonates with you or what was coming through for you as you heard me talk about all that. That's yeah, that was very interesting that you got that hit. Um, around, I guess, not that time period before that, it was the guy I was with before I was married. I kind of felt that too. Hmm. Like just getting those intuitive hits and nudges. Funny enough, he was a Disney person and he was like very positive and upbeat, but just I always knew on some level that we were not meant to be together long term. Um, I was 21 then, so I was very young to be receiving these uh, nudges, and I wasn't really in tune with myself then, so I, I very much resonate with what you just said, but that's crazy that you picked it up right then and there when you were at Disney with him, mm-hmm. and then it happened six months later. Yeah, and this most recent trip when I just went back was my first time being back, and so it was this kind of beautiful full circle moment being able to be back in one of my favorite places in the world, but to be there for a retreat, to be there for myself and to be there with all of these incredible other women. And, you know, with this purpose of just going deeper into ourselves, it was an inner child healing retreat. So really just going deeper and deeper. It was, it was, like I said, a full circle moment. And yeah, I love to hear that you also had a similar experience and that, you know, it was when you were young and it was kind of hard to trust those intuitive nudges because Mm -hmm. we both know right it's like it takes a lot of work to create the space for yourself to really trust those nudges Mm. yeah it does take a lot of work it's like exercising at the gym the more you work at it the more you'll you'll get better at it yes yes it's so great it's like they say like it's like a muscle you know it's like you have to build it up just like any other muscle oh Mm -hmm. I love it so tell me going along with that tell me what you have done to kind of build up your muscle because I know we've been in each other's worlds for a little while now so I've gotten to see the beautiful progress of your journey but tell my listeners like tell me a little bit of kind of who you are what brought you to here and your journey into becoming a relationship coach and a writer so um I have a brother who's on the autism spectrum we're two years apart he's 28 I'm 30 um we've always been close uh, we've kind of had to be his caretakers growing up, which I don't necessarily view as a bad thing. Um, and just growing up with him and even us spending time together now as adults, we go to the grocery store, the movies, or Starbucks, um, even just like spending time with him and helping him made me want to help other people. And um, I always knew on some level I wanted to help others. At one point, I even considered being a therapist like you. Um, and I remember in high school, I thought I knew everything, but it turns to like, when it comes to like relationships and boys and dating and friendships. So I'd have like all my friends come up to me and just be like, what should I do about this situation or that situation? I'm like, just do X, Y, Z. And I was like, I'm the guru. I know everything. <laughs> yeah, you probably didn't. But, um, yeah, I always knew like, something in terms of that um I was always very into writing as well um so I always knew like whatever I do is going to incorporate writing um and I would say about three years ago I really kind of took the time to really look for what it is that I was meant to do uh, I became more spiritual I became more connected to God universe whatever you want to call it um I started meditating more because my life was just out of control. I just was feeling very anxious, feeling like I'm always in a rush. I don't have time for anything. Um, And then I had a friend who kind of was like seeing what I I was going through and said, you know, maybe you should go back to journaling and writing because I know that was a big part of your life for so long. And um, I really hadn't been doing that at that point. It was 2019. Um, I also went to school for English writing. So I was writing for like four years straight. And then after I graduated, like stopped. So I took the advice of my friends. I'm very grateful I did. And I began, I began a mournal 
a morning journaling practice. I can't yep. talk. <laughs> um, and that really helped me become the person I am today. And I began meditating more. Um, and one day I was like at my desk at work and I heard a voice in my head say, you should be a life coach. I was like, what? <laughs> like, just stop what you're doing. What? So I was like, wait, me? Who, who am I to be that? Like, come on, really? And then I was like, you know what, though? It makes sense. It really does make sense. So I know it's that aha moment is not going to be for everybody. But the fact that it was for me is like, I'm so grateful for that. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and since then, I've, I've been life coaching. Uh, I have a few certifications. I just did a bigger certification in life coaching. Um, it's more legitimate through the International Coaching Federation. And I'm about to do another one that's a year long. And that's wow. like more intense, more deep conversations and how to coach and all that fun stuff. So that's basically it. Let me hear. I love it. And I love how you talked about when you were younger and all of your friends would come to you for advice because I know one of the things that we've really connected on and that you and I talk a lot about is how important it is for whether you're a coach, a therapist, a mentor, anyone, a healer in this space to not give advice. Right. And so I love mm -hmm. that because I think a lot of people start out in our younger in our younger kind of versions, being that person, right? The person who can give the advice. And so I love to hear how you've kind of grown through those stages and come back to the, the space where you know that it's safe for you to not have all of the answers and that you're really just creating space to kind of hold your clients through what they're moving through. Um, because I think there's, there's a lot of us in this space who started that way, right? When we were younger and mm -hmm. we were the person that our family and friends and everyone came to in hard times. And still we are those people, but to have shifted the way that we hold that space and the way that we respond and um, guide others. And of course, as I say the word guide others, I'm thinking that you're a projector like myself. So for those yeah. who know human design, <laughs> basically for Christina and I, we're, we're both non-energy types. So we don't necessarily have the ability to, to be producing life force energy all the time. And so we have to be really, really precise with kind of what we use our energy on. Um, but when we, when we do use our energy in the way that we're meant to, we're really skilled at guiding others. And that's what we're here to do is to be able to hold that space and help people really reach that next level. So I love that you're doing that and that you've been able to kind of weave your own personal experiences with your brother and the way that you've been able to show up for him and in all of your own relationships. And now with all of your clients, it's so, so cool to be a part of, to just kind of watch it from, from the sidelines cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I love too, that it was your writing that brought you back and that you then got that message like almost like an audible hit because I'm curious to hear, do you feel like Claire audience is one of the ways that you get a lot of your intuitive downloads or how do you get a lot of your messages from God, spirit, divine universe? Yeah. It's usually like audiently hearing it and then taking the action and going ahead. Um, I'm not one that sees things. I know there are people that are in different levels, but yeah, I've always been I hear something and then go ahead. Yes, I love it. And I love that you brought up that, you know, you don't necessarily see things. I don't either. And I think, and I don't know if you can relate to this. I know when I was first starting out, I felt like I'm not, I'm not intuitive. I'm not that connected. I'm not that tapped in because other people can see or other people can hear. I don't even necessarily hear. For me, it's more a uh, clear sentience. So just like a clear feeling in my body or a clear cognizance, but a clear knowing where all of a sudden I'll just get this message of like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and again, I think it's always, the grass is always greener, right? So for you, you're like, I'm getting these audible messages that I feel like I'd like to see. And I'm like, Hey, an audible message would be nice if I could get that because I'm only getting clear feeling and knowing. Right. So, and I love that you said it kind of feels like layers because 
to me, it's almost like the 3D world, human society wants us to believe everything is stratified, everything is layers, and that there's always something better and something worse than where we are, when really it is all on an equal playing field. It's all just different, right? It's just that, like, I think as humans, we've been trained to think that sight and hearing are our most important senses. And so, so much of it, I know, at least for me, my intuitive journey has been going so much deeper into my body, into my soul, into my knowing, as opposed to just relying on the things that I've kind of been taught to think I'm supposed to rely on. That's so true. Does that resonate for you, especially with yeah. the right writing and hearing? Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm like, as always, I will always get everyone off track, but in the best way, because we get to go really deep. I know I've said before, I think in my last episode that I almost call this deep girl Disney, because I just think, and that's something I know that we've always connected on too. It's just that ability yeah. and as projectors to go super deep <laughs> and to just find like the meaning in everything. Yeah. So I love yeah. that, but let's get into our Disney relationship conversation. So let's just start it out with who is your favorite Disney character? Uh, if it's not clear on my necklace, it's Tinkerbell. I love, love it. her. I have Tinkerbell pop dolls, um, mugs, keychains. Like people just keep giving them to me as gifts. Um, I like how she's like not afraid to be herself and she's not afraid to stand up for what she believes in. I know people are like, but she's such a bitch. <laughs> but she's she's a very strong person. And that's why I really like her a lot. She's very confident. Oh, I love that. I and I feel like it's funny. I feel like Tinkerbell people are like their own vibe. Like it's always like a thing. Like it's, it's like a personality trait being a Tinkerbell person. But I, yeah. I love that description that you gave of she's unafraid to be herself, unafraid to stand up for what she believes in. And I just think she just, she's got such a good energy about her Tinkerbell. Like she's just completely, she's doing what she wants all the time. Yeah. Like boss babe energy. I yeah. love it. For sure. And she's just so, she like looks so cute. Like the look is a vibe, yeah. all a vibe. Such a good yeah. answer. Have you been a Tinkerbell person your whole life? Like was yeah. she always your favorite? Yes. For as long as I can remember. I feel love like. It. Love it. Well, when I was just in Disney, I dressed as Peter Pan. That was one of my Disney bounds. And one of the other girls on the retreat desk dressed as Tinkerbell. So we got some really fun Tinkerbell Peter Pan pictures that I'm excited to share with you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really good time. Um, all right, so tell me, I guess just tell me a little bit about your relationship with Disney. Yeah, I mean, well, going back to my brother, um, he's a massive Disney fan, and growing up, that's what we would watch together. Um, I forget if it was before or after he was diagnosed, he, like, was not speaking, he was nonverbal, um, but he would just keep playing these Disney tapes over and over again, still does to this day. Um, and then finally, his first word was Bambi. So we would always associate like Bambi with Andrew's like first milestone, which is cute. Um, I just remember we would always watch him together. And he just embodies that like childhood wonder and imagination. And that's just made me love Disney. Um, I've probably Magic. seen all of them. <laughs> I've probably seen all of them at this point with, with just spending time with him. But yeah, that's. That's uh, my relationship with Disney and I'll always treasure that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And again, I know we've, you know, you've talked a lot about your brother being a big, you know, big inspiration behind your business and all of it. And so I actually had, I babysat for a family where the little girl was, I don't know, I think she was pretty much nonverbal. I mean, she was not speaking any actual words. There was definitely some sounds. Um, but so I don't know, that's where I don't know if it would be selective mutism or what, but she, similar to your brother, she would just watch for her. It was like Sophia the first, a few other Disney shows over and over and over and over. And especially the music in them. It's like, she, she would not speak or really pretty much wouldn't make a sound most of the time. But as soon as Sophia the first was on, it was like, she was singing along to all of the songs, even Aww. though she wasn't able to sing the words. And so it's pretty amazing to me how Disney and Disney music, I think, especially has that ability to bring that out. And it's so healing, you know, that it's like that connection and being able to help people who may not otherwise be able to express themselves. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. It's, it's definitely interesting. There's, um, I don't know if you call it a documentary or short film. There's this young man with autism and he learned to speak through watching Disney films and he does like really good impersonations of certain characters and he got to meet the voice of Iago from Aladdin. It's a really cute movie. I, I can't remember what, do you remember what it's called? I know I'd heard about it, but I don't know I if think I it, ended up seeing it. I think it's called Life Animated. It came out, I think, 10 years ago. In the last okay. I definitely really need to watch it. Thank you for reminding yeah. me about that because I know that yeah. someone had told my dad, I think someone had told me about it when it first came out and I didn't end up watching it. So I need to because yes and I'll just cry probably through the entire thing that's <laughs> pretty much how it yeah. goes <laughs> yeah for are you sure. a big crier too yes I am yeah. for sure yes yes <laughs> yes um all right so hmm I'm trying to think of what exactly well I guess what is it that you would most want people if you were talking to one of your clients one of your relationship coaching clients, what is it that you would most want them to know in terms of like what they can take away from Disney movies? A good question. I would say that, you know, if they feel like the movie makes them happy and brings them joy and a sense of contentment, then lean into that. Um, but also like depending on the movie, that relationship may or may not be like suitable, <laughs> like in terms of quote unquote healthy standards, mm-hmm. but take it for what it is. That's, that's the yes. way I look at it now <laughs> because that, you know, that's our childhood, you know, how can they not be happy? But yeah. just know, that's not real. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. The both end, like the duality of it, of being able to say like, this makes me happy. This calms my nervous system this helps me you know stay regulated yeah watch it totally I absolutely on my days off spend a lot of time watching Disney and can also recognize that there are absolutely relationships that are not super healthy shown in a lot of Disney movies I'm curious what you would say is kind of like if you can give an example of a healthy relationship in a Disney movie and an unhealthy relationship and why you would say that I'm really curious to hear about it Oh, that's a good question. Well, in terms of unhealthy, even though it's my favorite movie, Belle and Beast. It was like, we have to go there. We, we, have we to talk about far. this so often, both of us. Because we did. We it. definitely <laughs> talked about this at some point in Instagram. Um, yeah, it's classic Stockholm Syndrome, trauma bond. I don't know what's going on there, but mm-hmm. it's not looking good. <laughs> and also the fact that he's not even a human right like there's just there's a lot going on (laughs) it's a lot to unpack there (laughs) that's so funny oh but it is such a good movie yeah it's one of my favorites yeah it's it's one too that I think like everyone talks about how unhealthy it is whereas some of the other ones I think get a bad rep like I know for me I always think of Sleeping Beauty when people are talking about how Disney shows such unhealthy relationships and they point to Sleeping Beauty. To me, I think it's so, I don't know if you're a Sleeping Beauty person, but to me, I'm like, they were betrothed to each other, separated, and yet still find each other and have a very brief interaction. And yet he then basically risks his whole life to save her. And again, I get that, you know, if, I guess if you're coming from similar to what I was saying earlier with that like 3D human societal expectation standpoint, yes, they haven't had a ton of conversation. They don't know a lot about each other. They haven't talked about, do you want to have kids and what are your values and all of the things that as a relationship coach and a marriage and family therapist, we know are helpful to talk about before you get married to someone, right? And at the same time from, to me, from that like energetic standpoint, talk about Mm. soulmates right or talk about twin flames if you will it's like they are so destined to be together and find each other that they continue to find a way and find a way and find a way that's really true I didn't think of it that way but that is that is cool yeah I agree 
and again, I bet if I let myself and maybe we'll have to do a part two where we just dive all the way into Beauty and the Beast and look only for the good things. <laughs> I'm sure they are there. I'm sure we could find them if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, but that one, I do think gets the the worst reputation and it's it hard does. to defend, but the music is so good. <laughs> oh, how can you not? How can you mm-hmm. not? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but so I'm a big um, Howard Ashman fan. He was He's one of the guys who did the music and yeah. a bunch of, right, in Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, um, and he's the kind of, like, Mencken-Ashman team, and so apparently when they were getting ready to make Beauty and the Beast, they were not going to make it a musical, and it was, they had done a good amount of the movie, as far as I know, you know, in terms of the animation, and it just was not testing well at all with anyone, and so they kind of, in a last-ditch effort to try to save this movie, brought um, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken on to do the music and obviously it then became this huge success but it was very close to not being a musical Beauty and the Beast. Wow I actually didn't know that wow so they saved it. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> sure, they sure did they definitely and especially with given the bad reputation the music is kind of one of the only things that saved that movie. <laughs> yeah well yeah it definitely uh, made it what it is today and yes. very joyous. Yes, totally. <laughs> All right. So what about a healthy relationship? Well, who do you look to if someone were to say, oh, Disney, it just shows horrible relationships. They're never healthy. It's bad examples for our children. What would you kind of point them to? Um, in terms of like healthy, I would say this sounds weird, but um, Meg and Hercules. Um, I like how she's like, Oh, I, I can, I can do things by myself. I don't need you. I don't need you. Wonder boy. That's what she calls it. The line, right? I'm, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. Yeah. I've got it covered. Have a nice day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she's proof that like she can be an independent woman. She doesn't necessarily need a man, but it's an added bonus. Mm-hmm. I love that example for them. It's funny as I was preparing for this and I was figuring I should probably have my answers in case I'm going to ask you these questions. They came to mind and they almost came to mind for both unhealthy and healthy, which to me makes it one of the most real relationships that Disney shows, right? Because in a way, Megan Hercules were started on a lie, right? Not started because I guess she was starting to fall for him at first, but she knows the deal she has with Hades and she knows that she mm-hmm. at any minute can kind of be pulled into a mission by him because he owns her. Um, and yet, even when Hercules knows that he's still choosing to save her. And I think that last, the last few minutes of that movie just get me every single time, like the the determination that he has. And, and then the fact that that is the act that makes him a god you know, that that's what allows him to be able to save her and then to be able to have the option to go up and live with the gods. Obviously, he chooses not to in the end, but I love that example for a healthy relationship. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, the one that came through or came to mind first, I guess I should say, is Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. I love their relationship. And again, sort of similar that it's in some ways unhealthy in the beginning they both are kind of using each other to get what they want when the, when True. the kind of adventure starts but because of what they go through together they end up really being authentically themselves and vulnerable which is hard for each of them right i know for flynn it's like he hadn't even told anyone his real name until he's with her and so i just think they have such a fun real relationship and we get to see each of them in kind of like different parts of themselves because of their relationship with the other. You know, like we're able to see Flynn have this soft side and we're able to see Rapunzel really stand up and and lead. And I just, I think I'm, Tangled is one of those movies that when it first came out, I was kind of like, eh, that's okay. And then now the more and more that I watch it, I just, I think it's a real, and again, Alan Menken did the music. So how can you go wrong? There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I have to give that one another watch. I haven't seen it in a while. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's a good one. And again, I think with all Disney movies, with everything really, like the more you watch it, and especially when you're watching it from that eye, like wanting to go deeper, you can find, maybe again, just because we're projectors, you can find like that deeper meaning and deeper meaning. It's like the the onion thing, right? You peel back another layer and another layer and another layer. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's so good. Love that. Who would you say is your favorite Disney couple? I would say Anna and Kristoff from Frozen. They're oh, my favorite. They're so cute. They are very cute. They're very a really sweet. good couple. And I think too that the Anna Elsa friend like family dynamic, sister dynamic is yeah. so good. And again, I think the newer movies, they do a really good job because they are being more and more conscious about what these relationships look like and what messages they're portraying to the world. But I think Frozen shows a lot of really, really good relationships. Yeah, for sure. That moment when Anna like saves Elsa in the beginning is just like, oh, gets me every time. <laughs> I know, right? Mm. But yeah, they have a, Anna and Kristoff have a very, very cute relationship. And again, super authentic, super real. I love that she's, you know, engaged to someone else and they're just friends and they're working on this together. And, and again, to see kind of how it all unfolds and, and have you seen Frozen 2? I'm guessing. I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love to like having Kristoff be like a real person and that he's nervous to propose and he doesn't know how and he thinks she's gonna say no and just all of it is so cute yeah I liked that part it was very funny to watch but very if you, realistic <laughs> if you haven't watched Making Frozen 2 I think it's called Into the Unknown on Disney Plus 10 out of 10 recommend it is so good mm -hmm. it's a show so they're like episodes which is nice because it's easier to kind of watch and to binge I've watched it like two or three times all the way through. I'm <laughs> such a Disney nerd, but it's just so cool. And to just see how much goes into making each of these movies on every, like from start to finish on every level is really, really cool. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's a good one. So I know something that we've talked about is how our relationships with other people are really kind of a relationship or a mirror for our relationship with ourselves and that self-love is like the most important thing and so I'm curious to hear how you think Disney does talking about and showing self-love hmm, that's a good question I think more so in, with the older stuff kind of like what we're just saying the older stuff maybe not but now especially going back to Frozen with Anna saying she can let things go and stand in her power and she doesn't she doesn't have a freaking king with her or yep. whatever she doesn't have a romantic partner I think that's so empowering mm -hmm. um so I think now more so they do a good job of that and I feel like maybe people should look more toward the more recent things um I'll be honest I haven't seen a lot of the more recent stuff like I haven't seen Coco yet or Moana and me too I know but I feel like what I've been hearing and the things I've been seeing myself it's it's good to go with the newer stuff as an example and based your experiences off that yeah have you seen Princess and the Frog I know that's one of the newer ish yes I saw that a, like when it came out a, a while ago I believe yeah, I was gonna I, say I, they're probably I, up there as one of my favorite couples, at least recently. They're one I've watched a ton recently. And again, just like such good music. But yeah, like you're saying that we have definitely seen a shift in how these princesses are acting. And Princess Diana has no time. She really doesn't even want a prince. She has no time for it. She's just doing her thing, working two jobs to save up for her restaurant. Um, and so I love, like you yeah. said, that the the newer ones are definitely doing a better job with self-love and to me it's almost like we can't even blame the older movies because like yes they could have had the opportunity to be the one to set this standard of putting yourself first and all of these things but the world was so different right we look at Snow White came out in 1937 I think 1938 like that's a long time ago and the world was yeah. very different then and I'm sure that you know, if I knew more about exactly how that time period was, that there, there are things in those movies that maybe were a little bit pushing the envelope and were a little bit controversial, you know? Yeah. So, but I love that Disney in the more, more recent movies is really making this conscious effort to focus on self-love, to not portray that a woman or any person needs anyone else, you know, that we have everything yeah. inside of us and that, that there are 
there are alternate ways of living than like this one cookie cutter version where we think that we have this damsel in distress woman who needs to meet a man before the age of like 22. Otherwise she's doomed, right? And she becomes the old wicked witch um, and that they have to get married and they have to have babies and they have to be, you know, king and queen and all these things. And so- Mm -hmm. Yes, as you said, you do need to watch Coco. You do need to watch Moana. Coco especially. <laughs> I mean, this time of year, this is the perfect time to watch Coco. Coco is oh, one of my absolute, it's quickly become one of my favorite Disney movies, period. Not even just like more recent ones. So cute. As you were saying what you were just saying before, I was kind of thinking back to some of the older movies, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid specifically. Um with Belle loving books and always getting lost in reading. And then Ariel's got her, what do you call it? The grotto with all the mm-hmm. stuff she collects. Like, I guess that could be a form of self-love in some way. Hobbies. Like, it's like they were starting hobby. to get some hobbies. Yeah. I was just thinking like, that is kind of like they were touching, like scratching the surface of Such a good self-love. point. It's almost like, it's almost like, Ariel and Belle walked so that Moana and you know all of the more recent characters could run it's like we needed to just have them have hobbies whereas now like I look at have you seen Encanto I haven't I still okay. feel these freaking it's movies. a good one Encanto is <laughs> really love. really good too and again really really good music um but in Encanto we see that you know she makes her own clothes. She has some things that are more hobbies, but that's not like the only thing of her personality, right? As opposed to Belle, it's like all it was was that she loves to read. So all he had to do was give her a library and then she's like smitten and she doesn't care that he's a beast and has locked her up and all these things because at least he gave me books, you know? Whereas like now in the new movie is like, that wouldn't fly. I look at Moana again, you haven't seen it, you said, but like she's she's making these big bold choices she's not just having a hobby and like that's all she's doing for herself so I love that you pointed out that almost like that intermediary stage where yeah if we look back at Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella they don't have anything except for this desire to like be with someone else right for the most part Mm -hmm. whereas then in our that Disney Renaissance time period in the late 80s through the late 90s we start to see, okay, women now have hobbies. They still really, really want a man, but they also have hobbies, which is better than nothing um, till now when we're really seeing a more accurate portrayal of kind of like what's available for women, even if they're women in Disney movies. Yeah, that's true. That's a good example. I love it. Love it. So what do you think about, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about family relationships, like which Disney movies or Disney relationships, Disney families, would you say are the healthy ones? And what do you see in that sense? Um, so I have two to name. Number one, The Incredibles. I love how they like power up and stick together and empower each other with their abilities and the gifts that they bring to saving the world. Um, and number two is I actually really like the Darling family from mm. Peter Pan. They the way they all stick together in Neverland and they have each other's backs. I think that's really really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, I didn't even think about the Incredibles. That's such a good one, and I love that. And I'll say I've not seen the Incredibles too, so that's one that I need to I see. <laughs> but um, I have heard it's good. Um, but how the Incredibles shows that yes, the parents are superheroes and they're the ones kind of leading the charge, but that we also, that the kids are powerful too. And that the kids have these innate special abilities that are necessary. That's like you said, it's the whole family working together. It's not like the parents are up here and the kids are down here that again, kind of releasing that stratification and allowing space for everyone to be in their unique gifting within the family and seeing how that all fits together. Yeah, they're all seen as equals. It's really yes. cool. I love it. Even down to Dash, is that his name? The little Yeah. Right? Or no, wait, Dash is the older brother. Jack yeah, Dash Jack? is the older one. Jack Jack. Jack. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the little baby. Even he's good. Um, and the Darling family is such an interesting one. It's funny, we were talking about the Darling family a little bit on my retreat because I was dressing up as Peter Pan and the other girl was dressing up as Tink. And um, we were saying how 
it's I love how the siblings are all so connected but it's like they had to be because the parents would just leave them with their dog to babysit like that is the craziest thing in I the know. world like, screw here you go the dog is gonna be a baby. like Nana is a dog how is she babysitting them but I do love how the the siblings really have each other's backs and work together and yeah they have a as a good family I definitely that to me there were so this was such a hard one as I was like thinking again about how I would kind of answer my own questions so Anna and Elsa as we've already talked about they were the first ones yep. that came to mind Lilo and Stitch I love the Lilo Nani relationship I think that is so mm-hmm. well done and um, I spent a good amount of time working in a shelter for youth experiencing homelessness. And again, just as a family therapist in general, I've worked a lot with those family dynamics. And but I think not just the family dynamics in this one, we start to see how challenging it can be when there's intervention from, you know, they don't call it CPS, but whatever it is that they're calling it in the movie. Um, and just kind of seeing how they navigated that, I think is really well done considering it's like an animated movie for kids. Um, so I think that's a great one. The Aristocats. I don't know if you're an Aristocat. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, fun, fun fact. Um, I had a cat growing up and was named Toulouse. Because of that movie. <laughs> so I grew up with um I have an older sister, younger brother. I now also have two much younger brothers, but growing up it was the three of us. And so we always we were obsessed with this movie. And even though you know we're two girls, one boy, that's two boys, one girl. My sister, we always associated with Marie. And then my my brother and I were kind <laughs> of like, I guess going back and forth between Toulouse and Bernice, Bernard. What is the other one's name? I never Berlioz. Berlioz, that's right. Oh, good one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they're like a fun, that's like a fun family dynamic to look at. I mean, obviously they're cats and there's, I will definitely say there are things in that movie that are very kind of like racist portrayals of uh, things that would not be shown now. And it has that little like warning when it first starts that says kind of like, these are not things we would do now as the Disney company. So watch at your own caution or something. Um, but I love this, just this family dynamic and that they all come like similar, like you were saying in the Incredibles, it's like, they all come together to get through a crazy experience of trying to be killed by Edgar. Um, and they just have a really fun adventure along the way. And I love, I love too, that it's almost kind of like a movie about a single mom. Like, I don't know that Disney like oh, realized they were doing that at the time, but true. it's like the single mom and she meets a guy and she's like navigating how to keep her kids safe while also dating this single man cat, Thomas O'Malley cat. Uh, but I love the Aristocats. And then yeah. my other two were, which ones you haven't seen, Coco and Encanto. They both just, I think, do, again, a really good job of showing family dynamics that feel really authentic. And both of these two, I think, They also did a really good job of showing other cultures and doing it really respectfully and like doing the work to make sure that they're actually representing families and traditions in the way that they actually are celebrated as opposed to kind of like totally Americanizing things and just assuming that that an American Americanized version of, you know, Dia de los Muertos or something like that would would fly. They really did the work with those. So I definitely recommend that you watch Coco and Encanto, but Coco especially you have to watch around now because it's just such a good one for Halloween. Nice. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, so I guess my last Disney question is, I know you've spoken about your brother on here a little bit and, and at length in your, you know, on your Instagram and your own platform. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are in terms of how Disney does with representation of people who have different abilities, you know, whether it's people on the autism spectrum or just in general. Um, I think they do a good job of showing people different ab- different abilities. I can't talk again. <laughs> um, I think that especially with the, again, the more recent stuff, they're encouraging these people to step in with their gifts and their own unique things that they bring to the table. Um, so I think it's very nice that they do that. And it's it's also really nice for, you know, these people to get lost in this world and yeah. to really see 
Like this is like this is what makes us happy. So yeah. I love that. Is there anything that you can think of that you would like to see? Like if you could if you could speak to Disney execs and give them some advice on how to show up from you know from someone who's an advocate, what would you suggest? I would suggest maybe I know that recently they've been doing more female centered stuff, which is great. It would be nice maybe like a male character to mm. come into a film power. I know that might be controversial, but I don't feel like we say that a lot. No, I a, love that. I think that's a like, great example. And yeah. I think I can't remember if we've talked about this, but I know that, you know, I think we're seeing that over the last you know few decades we've had to we've had to fight for women's rights we've had to advocate yeah. for women you know woman-centered um intersectional feminism if you will right and so mm-hmm. in the movies we've had to push for there to be strong women like Elsa and all these women who are saying like I don't need a man I don't need any of that I don't even care to think about relationships like I'm focused on me but I think what's coming next is that we're gonna have to support men and boys and people who don't identify as women, however you identify through navigating, you know, where do they fit into this? You know, if they're not that toxic masculine that we had seen previously, they don't want to be that, where do they fit? How do they process their emotions? I think there's so much pressure on little boys to suck it up, be a man, like big, big boys don't cry, all these things. So to create some space for that, that whether it's because you have different abilities or not, that all versions of you are perfect as you are and that you're, you know, available to kind of be, be brought to the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Did you see Onward? It's another newer one. I don't think so. I I'm just gonna have to you just gotta make a whole weekend for real that's what you need like a movie marathon um I just watched it recently one of my friends Liz suggested it and I think you would really like it because I think it does actually speak to some of this so if I can't remember if I came up with these questions that I had sent you prior to me watching I think I had um and if I had answered that question prior to watching that movie, it would be hard for me to think of a really like good example of a movie that speaks to that. Um, but Onward, not that they necessarily touch on any sort of disabilities or anything, but it's more, they just speak to, it's about two brothers um, and kind of their journey navigating, I don't want to give anything away, um, but navigating this kind of adventure that they go on. And so it's a really nice kind of brother dynamic, but it definitely speaks to kind of processing that the emotions and the you know that there's some shame and some really they they go there in this movie they don't like shy away from the things and I thought it was I was really impressed with it and I was sort of like why did no one push me to watch this sooner because it's been out for a few years so I definitely recommend that that's a really good one and maybe even a good one to watch with your brother Uh, I, I really liked Onward I thought it was really good yeah, that sounds really good. Could start there, and then I'm telling you, Coco has to happen before Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before we end this, tell me a little more about your business and how you serve your clients. How can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'm always on Instagram. My name is uh, Christina King Coach. Um, anyone can DM me on there. Uh, my website is deepdiveintothesoul.com. Deep dive, of course. Of course. There you go. <laughs> um, so basically what I'm focusing on with clients now is like mindset work, how to embody a healthy relationship mindset, um, maybe helping them work through some challenges in relationships. Maybe they want to leave a toxic relationship, um, things like that, you know, just building up their confidence and seeing that they are actually worth more than what they think so so good and I know you work one-on-one with your clients do you offer is it mostly like individual sessions is it ongoing monthly work what does that look like so it's um ongoing three months one-on-one packages every week on zoom 
And um, I keep in touch with clients on the Voxer app. And oh, I love Voxer. I love Voxer too. It's great. It makes such a difference. Is that, is that what you've seen with your clients as well, that, it's, that Voxer's made a big difference? Yeah, it definitely helps to like check in on them and see how they're doing and they have access to me anytime if they feel like they want to talk or they just want to vent or something. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And I don't know if you don't have to say, but is there anything in the works, anything new that's coming up, anything different? Are you offering anything special, even if you want to just hint at it and get people excited? (laughs) I'm looking to do um, a couple of workshops. I'm looking to do one in person. I don't think that's going to be probably till the new year, but I'm looking to do an online one very soon and possibly a group program. I'm still working out all the details. So awesome. Well, you'll have to keep us posted. (laughs) And I will definitely make sure to include links to your Instagram and to your website in the show notes for this episode so that everyone can connect with you because I'm sure they're going to want to. Is there anything that we didn't talk about, about relationships, about relationship coaching, about Disney, anything that you can think of that we should give to the people before we sign off on this? Um, I don't think so. I think we kind of covered everything and everything feels good to me I love it it's so good I love when it feels complete like that and it's like yeah Yeah. we know we've 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 given (laughs) what we've gone to where we wanted to go well thank you so so much Christina for being on I am just again so honored to have you on here and really excited to bring your work and your guidance and expertise to the people because I know it's so needed right now. And I know that you are just so supportive for your clients. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. I know. I know. We'll have to, again, we'll have to do another one of these, maybe like a deep dive all the way into beauty and the beast to try to see yeah. what is good in there. But by then you will have had to have watched Coco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. If you would like to be on the podcast or if you have any episode ideas, shoot me a message. I am spiritually underscore ever after on Instagram or spiritually ever after on TikTok. But until the next episode, we will see you real soon. Bye. Thank you for being here and listening. If you loved it, leave a review and or share and tag me. I would love to connect with you. I'm spiritually underscore ever after on Instagram and spiritually ever after on TikTok. See you real soon.